0: Holy cow! Wow! Whoa! (laughs) They're going absolutely ballistic! Can you believe it? It's that new stadium seating we got. Good evening, glory, hallelujah to you. What the hell's your story and what's going through you? (laughs) I'm a (laughs) wow! Holy cow! Alright, enough. I'm your host, Pat Renwick, and we are Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. We are back! After a spring break in the Bass Hamas, we are here to you live tonight um, from the brand new TH Marine Straycast uh, glorified version of an outdoor bass fishing talk show, outdoor cartoon television deal. That's right. Right now. Thank you so much, Mr. Huntley and all the crew at TH Marine uh, for helping us out with this deal. And, and to say the least, we are super excited tonight about tonight's show. Um not only do we have uh, well, well let's just put it this way it's been a long time coming, a slow train coming and I've been working on this for literally about six years and finally tonight for the first time ever on Straycast Outdoor Cartoon Television Rick Klun joins us tonight, wow wow holy cow there's some volume I could barely contain myself <laughs> I can barely contain myself. If it looks like I'm bleeding, it's because this guy uh, right over here punched me on, the way, on the way up. I'm uh, al- sorry about that. Also, also coming on the show tonight, uh, another two-time Bassmaster Classic champion, Jordan Lee joins us tonight on the Skype machine. Along with a mystery guest who will be phoning in during Jordan Lee's uh, Skype. Ah, we, we don't know who it is, but we know who it is. You don't know who it is? No, I, mean, I it's know. It's going to be some random. I person. know exactly who it is. Hey, but I do want to remind you out there right now. Who could it be? Who who is it? Um, I do want to remind you right now, Bass Fishing Universe, Bass Galaxy. Um, you have the opportunity tonight to win a fifty-dollar prize pack, um, courtesy of Brevarney Bates, the finest swim jigs in the land. Uh, Dan Brevarney's throwing out a fifty-dollar. For Varney Bates Swim Jig Pack. It's super easy to win. All you have to do is like the feed on the Straycast Facebook page and share it. Like and share the feed, and you will be put in the drawing for randomly chosen winner at the end of the show. JP High will, uh, will let you know. Uh, who the winner is, fifty dollar prize pack of Brevarney Jakes. Hey, uh this guy sitting over here to my right, hey. um, he's back from vacation also. You it, can tell yeah. you can tell by his glowing tan right. that uh, he is returned from the Bass bath- Hamas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ryan Popcorn Cho chwa. What's up? scale. Sweetie. That's actually a it's a Chicago tan. I didn't go anywhere. Ryan Whitaker, it's a Lake Michigan tan. It I is believe. a Lake Michigan tan, yeah. I believe. Good reflection. I believe. Uh, the guy over here uh, behind us, or no, he's in front of us. He's uh, fielding your questions on the social media uh, as well as picking the winner for the Brevarni Prize Pack. Give it up for the OG hip hop fisherman. Ladies and gentlemen, J.P. Hi. What do you say? Yeah. There it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Producing you punch that the hell. Out of this glorified version of a bass fishing talk show, he's your favorite producer in the room. And he's my favorite producer in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Ellenberger, the Ginger Ninja. Ryan? Yes. What happened? Oh, no, sorry. I'm just fighting the cold. (laughs) I didn't realize I was that tight to the mic. Hey, Ginger. I'm a professional. Where's the Three Stooges? I, I like when you play the Three Stooges. Hello. there it is Hello. that's the gingy intro right there <laughs> Hey, uh, th- thank you all for tuning in we are coming back momentarily with Rick Clun so put the power poles down don't go anywhere we're coming right back at you step up your game it has been said that professionals are only as good as the tools they work with and Alpha Angler has developed the ultimate set of tools for you, the competitive angler Alpha Angler Custom Rods, brought to fruition by the passion of Master Craftsman Jake Boomer and 2017 BASS Angler of the Year, Brandon Palahniuk. Alpha Angler Rods are custom made in the USA, designed and engineered to be perfect. Alpha Angler utilizes a very unconventional approach to making the very best bass rods, from drop shotting to flipping. Alpha Angler's focus is on building perfectly balanced tournament grade bass rods at an affordable price. Join the Evolution today and purchase direct at AlphaAngler.com. Step up your game, AlphaAngler.com. Discover the magic of balsa. For decades, professional fishermen and the angling elite come to rely on the fish-catching performance of hand-carved custom balsa lures. PH Custom Lures by Phil Hunt have assembled the comprehensive line of custom balsa baits. The original Hunt and Pete, Bill Lowens dollar bill, Wesley Strader's plopping P, and the new Matt Heron Fudd, in addition to the entire family of PH Custom Lures, are just what you need to get that edge over the competition. Discover the magic of balsa today and visit PH Custom Lures com. that's phcustomlures.com the swim jig technique is one of the most successful ways to put fish in the boat time in and time out bravani bait swim jigs are just the right tool for the job beaming with quality the bravani swim jigs come in a myriad of colors feature the best premium hooks and solid trailer keepers to give you the serious bass angler the confidence you need to accomplish your goal of putting more fish in the boat so go to bravani and start climbing the ladder to swim jig success Oh yes! Welcome back to Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm your host Pat Renwick. Uh, right? Is there any? I know you're having some difficulties with the sound. Is there any way you can bring the cans down just a little bit? That would be awesome because I'm redlining. Hey, Mine as well, please. Right now, we are super excited for the first time ever on this show, right here, right now, to bring to you, ladies and gentlemen. Please give it up for the one and only Rick Clunn, right here. Yes. All right. All right. They love them. <laughs> What's going on, Rick? How you doing?
1: Oh, not too much. I, I, uh, that was kind of a great introduction there.
0: <laughs> it's, it was grand Doyce.
1: Is that a word? No, I just hadn't on radio. You don't
0: normally have an audience. Yeah, well, we have a live studio audience here, and they are all Rick Klun fans. Rick, I mean, I just want you to know that. <laughs> just want you to know. Hey, man, I want to tell you we're super excited to have you on the show here tonight, and it's been a long time in the making, as we both know. Um, but I, what I want to do is kind of get to know you tonight, Rick Klun. I want to get to know you the angler the person okay we know a lot about your your, your fishing habits um, we know a lot about your style of fishing but i kind of want to get to know you as a person so let's let's take it back let's go back 44 45 years ago uh, whatever it may have been when you first decided to turn as a pro angler to turn to professional angling you're a young computer guy you're going way back okay did you ever think, in all these years, that you would be as influential as you are to so many anglers throughout the universe? Here, I mean, let, let's put it in a let's put it in a perspective here, like Star Wars. You are the Jedi Master that brought everyone to the Dagobah system. You, you know? Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: Well, most people are like me more to Yoda, but uh, <laughs> so, but you no, know, uh, I am. Uh, no, I never thought about this. Uh, really, when I quit my job with, in the computing business with X-Men Oil Company, I just wanted to make a living doing something i liked to do. And I didn't care if I just, you know, live from paycheck to paycheck, because that's what most people do anyway. And at least I don't mind living from paycheck to paycheck, especially if I was doing something i love to do. That was my only objective and goal back there 43 years ago. You know, it's, it's obviously been a lot more rewarding than that in many, many ways. Yeah,
0: when did it kind of come to, to fruition to you that that you were such an influence? At what point of your career?
1: Really, I don't think. Uh, no matter what point in your career that you realize the effect you have on other people, it's what we don't realize is it's probably ten times more than that. For every one person that comes up to you and and tells you, know, that you motivated them and like you were an inspiration to them there's probably five six seven eight more that don't come up to you uh that's kind of what social media has showed me you know without social media i probably wouldn't have known that
0: yeah it's absolutely amazing and and i i think that the i think that what happened rick is it's kind of wait hold on can you give me just a little lower in the cans? Apologize. We just we just moved into our brand new TH Marine Studios here, Rick, and we're getting we're getting a we're getting, a li- we're getting used to the, uh, to, the uh, to the to the to the mojo, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I I think in the year like I've been a fan of yours, may I say, all of my life, uh, pretty much most of my life here, and I really started to. Uh, not to sound creepy, but study the prowess of Rick Klun around the year 2000. So I'm going back 18 years ago. That that run you had while fishing the, the FLW tour, it was like you, you were like a man on fire. It, it was absolutely amazing. Um, the, the Beaver Lake tournament, the Pickwick tournament, and my favorite of all time, Rick is the Mississippi River Tournament. That was that was amazing tournament. Could you please tell us in, in your own words about that Mississippi River Tournament?
1: Well, amazing. I would probably put the, the adjective I would use would be brutal. Brutal, yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, you know if you were there that it was just a monster run every day and that river gets real rough whenever the wind's blowing against the current which it did every day, and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was. I think it was the second day of the event where I was fishing, and I was allowing two-and-a-half hours to get there and about two-and-a-half to get back, and it took me four-and-a-half hours to get back that second day. It was that rough. And there you can't run. You, you know, the worst waves are out in the current where the current's pushing against the wind. Most of the time you try to get on the edge of that that current, but there you can't do it because of the wing dam. So it really became a real brutal test. Catching the fish was really pretty simple. Getting there was the key, and then getting back was even the biggest key.
0: And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's before they they changed the rule about the cumulative weight on the FLW Tour. You would have won that derby if they would have had it, I mean, if it would have been a cumulative weight, correct?
1: I honestly, you're testing my memory there. I honestly don't remember that. Uh, I know I ended up second and Gary Klein ended up winning, but I don't know. No, I don't remember that because, you know, these tournament organizations are constantly changing the formats and, you know, now we got all the cuts and the old days you didn't have cuts and there used to be three day tournaments and then then they went to four day tournaments and, with cuts, and so it's really hard to keep track of all these years of, of, of what good place exactly.
0: Well, I figured it out. You would have won. Just so you know now, Rick. <laughs> you would have won. He's
1: <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> seen you. that
0: tournament about 300 times. I think, I think you got it. Yeah, he won. Rick Clun won that in my eyes. Even though Gary's a good friend in a, in a phenomenal anger, you won, Rick. Uh, so w- what I want to know is, let's uh, let's take a typical day in the life of Rick Clun. I'm not talking about uh, on the road uh, during the tour events, but what's a typical day at home for you like? What are, what are you doing on a typical off day?
1: Well, yeah, as you know, uh, you, there really there's no such thing as an off day. I have an off <laughs> day from fishing, but then since you've been gone two, one, two, three weeks, you got to catch up on everything at the house. You know, all the things have broken, all the flats and the Uh You know, you got to. You know, uh, it's just basically catching up on home life, and which has <clears throat> become probably my, you know, admittedly in your early career, you're pretty selfish. I mean, you, all your energy goes toward trying to be successful in what you've chosen to do, which in my case is distant But that's really not the case anymore. Um, it's probably my time at home now is a lot more important to me than my time at, at tournaments. Uh, it's just, I, I did denied so much energy to my home and to my families back then that I can't make up for it, but I'm trying to.
0: Yeah, and 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 we could tell it's it's evident that that you uh, you do enjoy that time at home with, with your family, as we do see.
1: What? Uh... Yeah. No, I live in the Ozarks, and it's a gorgeous place. And we have a lot of acres, and it's very remote. We spend a lot of time hiking in it, and there's always something going on you know with the deer and the turkey and the blurs and the and the elk and the mushrooms and exploring the caves and all that so and, and my wife fortunately, I live with a family that loves to do that. It's not hardly a day that goes by, especially when you're in the tick and tickless time of the year, which is the winter that we're not out hiking someday did
0: did you ever get a hold of that uh that pesky coyote
1: i I did. Uh, but I didn't really get a hold of him. One day I heard some other dogs barking, and and I went down below my house, and I we get to about a 30-foot deer bluff that drops into the creek, and I looked down, and these hounds had a coyote in the creek, and uh, and he would try to come back. The current was pretty good, and he would try to come back, and they would try to get him, and he'd go back out in the creek. And finally I fired a couple of shots just in the air and the ground, which got, I mean, the, the hounds immediately took off. Took when the coyote came, pulling back to the bank, and he tried to get up on the bank twice, and then he just floated over, laid his head on the water, and died and floated away. Well, I didn't really have a whole lot to do with it, but uh, I guess it was kind of a, a karma for the coyote. You got him. Bottom line,
0: <laughs> bottom line. Say, Rick, what's what would you say that your your guilty pleasure is on the? You know, as far as you as a person or an angler, everybody's kind of got a guilty pleasure. What is yours?
1: Besides my wife,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, that's the obvious.
1: What else? <laughs> well, really, uh, you know, uh, it's really. Being around them, I, I, I don't have hobbies. I gave all of those up years and years and years ago. My son is now, you know, taking on, uh, uh, you know, uh, golf, and you know, I'm watching him play because I I played a little bit of golf, a bow when I got before I got into fishing. I did a little bit of everything, mediocre at all of them, and I realized when I got into fishing, I better give all those others up and focus on one thing. And really now, and and my oldest son is in college. Uh, he's. He's really, uh, you know, he, he he wants to pay his own way. So really, just watching them grow and mature and is is really. I I don't have like you said um, hobbies where you go out and spend your time golfing. So uh, it's the one it's the one thing in my life I probably don't have a guilty pleasure about. You know,
0: mine's Häagen Dazs ice cream. I can't get enough of that stuff.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. You're going that that deep into it. Yeah, yeah. mine too. Like <laughs> <laughs> and chocolate dove uh, dark chocolate dove uh, little candies. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, they just come out with a recent study that a lot of us that are in the sun a lot, we, we crave the dark chocolate and the dark chocolate is one of the best things for your skin as much time as we spend in the sun.
0: That makes perfect sense. That's that why not, I'm looking so that, good. That explains it to us. We just returned from our You're spring saying. break in the Bass Hamas, and I think that's why we're eating all these these chocolate bars here. There's something going on. Yeah, nobody, it
1: sounds like you have a whole lot more guilty pleasures than I do. Oh, yeah, you don't even <laughs> want
0: to know. You don't even want to know. But I'm a little better than before, that's for sure. That's for sure, Rick. Hey, uh, do you like that term, Zen Master? Do you like when they call you the Zen Master?
1: Well, i I don't object to it uh, because I, I've studied it a lot, and I and I understand that it. You know, I've got in trouble over it with the religious community uh, because they think it's. You know, they they try to demonize it whenever you study Zen or anything else. But uh, and the reality was that the the thing about Zen is is really becoming one with what you do. And I know at the peak of my career, that was what I was achieving. You know, uh, there was a book called Zen and the Art of Archery, and the, and the best archers in, in in the world in Japan, they would be at their best when the, the arrow, the release of the arrow, the target, and them all became one. They essentially they, they would say, "I, I end up shooting the arrow into into my heart of myself," and, uh, and I know that's a little deep. But that's really Love what it. you do in fishing too. Is eventually you get so in tune with the with the fish and the natural rhythms that you're 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 you're, you're fishing in the moment, and that's the most important thing as an angler is being in the moment. Uh, any intellectual process always puts you behind the moment. We have to do it because that's just the way our, our minds work. But then actually puts you fishing exactly in the moment and changing, not fishing yesterday's fish, not fishing the big string you caught the day before, but fishing exactly what you, the conditions used to be fishing right now to be successful.
0: Right. I and, think that's a great life lesson too, just live in the moment. Yeah, a- absolutely it is. And that's kind of like what you referred to in, in your, your art of angling. Um, and it's been a while since I, since I read it, but the, you, you talked about, the quantum leap and how the ordinary becomes the extraordinary and, and you begin to know what's about to happen before it happens. Is that kind of the same thing?
1: Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, um, it, it, it is. But again, when you have been taught since you were five or six years old, that the intellect is the most important thing in our society. And it, it definitely is very valuable. But you should never allow the intellect to become the master. Still your instincts and your intuition and being in the moment to be the master. And then the intellect to be a servant which complements that. That's a tool which you execute everything with. But in our society, all too often due to high, you know, you go to high school for 12 years and then the college maybe for four or six. So 18 years of intellectual bombardment. You, try, you think, what well, intellect has got to be the most important thing. In fishing, though, I can guarantee you that it's not. It's, you need it, but you should never let it be the master. Everything else, you know, your intuition, your gut feeling, all those things we've heard for years should be the master, and then you use the intellect as a, as a servant or as a tool.
0: Yeah, And we overthink so many things as anglers, don't we? I mean, we, 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 we're our own worst enemies sometimes.
1: Uh, most of the time, we are analysis paralysis. I love to think, and I love to, to think of what happened with patterns in the past, seasonal patterns, and what's going on, and putting all together, conditions today, the, the temperature, the wind, the weather, and then putting it together with past success, successes, and then but the problem is, you're right, I'm extremely guilty of analysis paralysis, and uh, and sometimes I, that's that's where the cuts have probably hurt me more than anything. Sometimes the first or second day of the tournament, when I when I've done that and I do badly, uh, then I finally give up on that and go back to just fishing. You know, by my instincts and by the by the moment, it's when I do the best. A lot of times, though, so now the cuts you don't get that opportunity the next day because you you miss the cut. So uh, it in fact, like as when I won at St. John's a couple years ago, I caught my last fish the second day. Uh, it was a four pounder, and with, and I make the cut by by one pound. And if I don't make the cut, I don't see that thirty one pound string the next day, and I don't right. see, uh, you know. So it it's um, it's it's definitely a battle because we all we all want. If we call thirty one pounds, we want to go out and try to duplicate that the next day, and that's rarely what.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and obviously that that is the goal. There, that is the goal. You, uh, you know, in speaking of, of tournaments, I, I once heard you say that it, tournament fishing uh, is a grind with a few, uh, a couple flurries mixed in, and a successful tournament is determined by how you handle the flurries. Now, can you explain that? Because to me, it would be like how I handle the grind, but it's you said it's how you handle the flurries.
1: No, I think you're correct. I may have—I I don't know where I gave you that impression, but you're right. It's the grind. You have to understand the flurries. You have to understand, like at St. John's, I'm going to use it as an example. I knew the big fish was a small window of time during the day. The rest of the day was a grind. I, but I recognized it, exactly what that little window was going to be and what was going to cause it and when it was going to open. And so then, yeah, I had to be in the right area throwing the right bait. And it was simply cloud cover or wind or something that would break, you know, get a wind, little windy or would basically diffract the light. And it, whether it lasted an hour or two hours, that's when you caught the big one. So the rest of the time, it was a grind. And uh, and uh the grinds are are really still the most important. And you know, so I, I apologize if I misled you, but that's where the mental toughness steps in because you don't always know that window's going to open. So you have to salvage that day by having the ability to grind it out and salvage the day. You know, it may not be a great string, but it gets you to the next day, and then maybe that window opens the next day, and then you can bust the big string.
0: And that's and that's where I don't fish tournaments anymore because I'm the king of second and third place, so I kind of stop that and now. I just do a bass talk show, and you don't like waking up, yeah. And I don't like; a. A. Get, I'd like to just go when I want and all that good <laughs> stuff. But the uh, the the whole deal with me is when I'm in the grind, Rick. And I know I'm done. I'm thinking about what's for dinner. It's like that's that's my key that I am done. That I am the, the day is done. And how can I overcome that? How can I do it? G- give me some
1: advice. Well, it's it's again we're just remembering that uh, that it it don't takes long for that 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 to happen. I mean, it, you can go from complete failure to incredible success in less than thirty minutes, forty minutes, an hour. And you just got to keep grinding and looking at it and, uh, and hoping that that window, if you know, like I did at St. John's, okay, the minute it gets cloudy, the minute the wind starts blowing in here, I know it's going to happen. Uh, if it doesn't, then I got to just grind out and try to salvage the day. But the other thing here's a little trick. One of the tricks is, is when you're having that thought, just remind yourself that 80% of the field you're competing against is probably also having that thought. When we say follow that thought, and now 80% of the field has been eliminated, and only 20% is not following that thinking now has or still has a great chance. Most tournaments are made or won or lost in the final two hours, not the first two hours.
0: Wow. Oh, I love that. That's is, that is that's the tip of the week, yeah. if there is such a thing for the year. Yeah, that's the tip of my life right there, <laughs> just the tip of my life. <laughs> Okay, so here, let's, let's, you, you once said again, and I love, believe me, and and I hope this isn't coming out weird, man, but I, I studied things you say. (laughs) So I, I want an explanation for, for this. And, and the, you said that the people that you, the humans, you use the term the humans that you admire the most are who, the, the, the humans who have succeeded in obtaining a high level performance over multiple years. Um, Who are these humans that that you admire the most, Rick? Who are they?
1: Well, there's one exception to that because we all define a high level of performance in a different way. Uh, There was a song written by Michael Murphy about the old desert rep. And I actually, uh, basically there's a line in it that he knew where it was at. He knew what life was all about. And it was simply about survival a successful life is 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 you know toughing it out and, and surviving and so it, and i put my dad in that it would be the first human admirer even though by most people's standards since he went through a bankruptcy and and other things in his life would probably not say well he didn't perform at a high level but it's not necessary not necessarily materialistic achievements as much as it is your your character achievements and uh he he simply always lived his life as hard as, and worked as hard as anybody. And the thing he taught me was don't be afraid to fail. Well, you can start over. Whatever it is, you can throw it over. But don't give up just because you, quote, fail. And, uh, and, and fishing, you know how important that is. Yeah. We still fail a little more often than, than we don't. And he worked as hard as anybody. And this was way, way, way before tournaments. I'd follow him down creeks in Oklahoma late and he'd wear my little tail out. He'd fish hard all day long. You would think he was fishing for a hundred thousand dollars. He wasn't. He was just fishing because he loved it. And he, it's really where I learned to fish hard. And so, you know that that's that's probably the number one. Of course, then there's a lot of iconic figures that that have performed at a high level over time. And, Of course, you know you you can go into 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 fishing, and you know what I have to say? You know, I admired um, Rose Martin. You know, I admired Bill Dance uh, and because, they, you know, but now it's different time, different formats, but still, you know, uh, uh, and, and, of course, in other sports it's obvious that you have people like uh, Jack Nicklaus who just had the Masters in golf, and then, you know, and Tiger Woods who, who just dominate for a 10- to 15-year period. That's hard to do. And now we're talking about competitive stuff. And, and and boy, if you can dominate for ten or fifteen years in any sport, uh, that I, I admire that.
0: Yeah, man. That's, I'm learning. I am learning right, right now. I'm not going to kid you, <laughs> R- Rick. I once heard you say again that you know how to win. I heard this on an interview with with Terry Brown, one of my heroes. You told him that you know how to win. Every tournament you fish, but it is not fair to those that you love. What, do, what does that
1: even mean? How do, you, how do you do that? Well, it gets back to that selfish part of my life. where I, I really, and I know it's pompous as hell to say, with, say that, but <laughs> I really, I really felt that I could, in any term, if I could go through a procedure. Which, which used a lot of things. It used a lot of meditation time. It used a lot of visualization time. It used a lot of Zen time. It used a, a lot of, of, of study and hard time. It, it, it uh, But that took up all my time. And it took time away from uh, some very important people in my life, you know, family. And, uh, and I got to a point where I knew how to mentally do it. And, uh, and it gets it gets back to and then you I'm gonna get some deep on it you, you people are probably gonna walk out of your audience there it's okay <laughs> but uh but uh but it gets even in down into quantum the quantum physics level where you gotta you gotta understand everything is created by energy and matter and, and the amount of energy you put into controlling matter is how you how you create anything that's, that we we know in this world and I'm gonna leave it at that, but still. Uh, at the point, at that point, I really had a command of that. But it took every amount of energy I had to do it. And I finally said, I can't do it anymore. I, You know, I, I, I'm I, a human. I'm a, a social creature. I, just, I don't need a lot of people to love me, but there's a handful of people that I, it's very important that I love and they love me back. And so I quit. I actually quit. And I quit you know when I quit when I run a, a red man all the mother lake have a suit and from that perspective, I mean I saw every fish is I was going to catch long before they ever took place nights the night before and uh, but but still I know what it takes to get to that level and I said That's it, I'm not doing it i'm not i'm not doing this just to win another trophy and another uh you know honor or award and I, you know, I you know so I quit doing it
0: wow that that is outstanding and i mean and just the the fact that that you figured that out is is amazing a- absolutely amazing and and it kind of brings me to an- another um Rick Clun, let's call it a myth okay that you're able to channel other worlds or otherworldly things, like for example, and I read this on the internet, so it has to be true, Rick. Um, that 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 you actually you appeared um, in Jay Ellis's room and were moving objects around, and you you, you were haunting the Yellis
1: family. Is, is that true? Well, no, no. Jay was smoking a little too much pot that night. So, <laughs> no. Why would I wait? If I had that power, why would I waste my time doing that to begin with? You know. <laughs> secondly, but no, no, I. You know, again, one of the astronauts made the statement: the only thing between the known and the unknown is just a gap in knowledge. And if you if you figure out what that get what that knowledge is that separates the known and the unknown. Then, all of a sudden, you look like one of these mystical, magical people that most <laughs> of the time, they're going to demonize you. In the old days, they would have cut your head off or burnt you at the stake. But but that's really all it is. It's, it's, filling, it's just filling in the blanks between the known and the unknown. And everybody, boy, when you do that sometimes, those that haven't filled in the blanks, it scares them.
0: Wow. That is awesome. And that's what happened to Jay. And Jay is from Oregon.
1: You know that. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey! You know, Jay's just one of those people that didn't didn't really understand me, and I probably didn't understand him.
0: you still didn't have to go haunt him, Rick.
1: <laughs> I don't understand why you did that. Crying out loud! Hey, if, if I was going to watch bedtime activity, I would have chose a different couple. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, oh, that is outstanding! Hey, there's a there's an eagle song that says get oh you know it's the eagle song get over it. All this whining and crying and pitching a fit—get over it. How does that apply to bass fishing today, Rick?
1: Well, it applies to everything because it's—you uh, know—it's it's basically just a song, a beautiful song about how you deal with negativity versus living a positive life and it's just like every morning you get up right now and you see what's on the news it's nothing but negative China's about to blow us up we're about to blow up Russia you know Korea is is trying to do stuff you know it's just it's just a big pippin concept and uh, and if you listen to it every morning how can it, it basically you, you end up with that negative mind and, uh, and that was the beauty of the eagle song they were basically telling you that you know uh, I love the song matter of fact in fact I love it a lot, most of theirs but um, the, uh, it's, you, we, you got it, we got to, whether it's, and we, hey, fishing is just a little tiny microcosm of that. If you go out there and you think the wind's not going to help you and it's too bright and it's too muddy and it's too clear and there's too many boats, we're doing the same thing We're we're just, you know, pitching and planning and doing all of that. And one of my six step finders went out and ripped my day, you know, uh, so, hey, uh, we tend to want to focus on those things instead of, remember when you didn't even have but one little depth finder? Yeah. And you had four or five rods, and most of the tips were broken off from them, and you put on new tips, and you still caught it. <laughs> we so. did.
0: That's, there's no doubt. <laughs> Get over it. Hey, uh, Rick, have you ever played a game show before? Have you ever been on a game show? Uh, no. Right, we're, we're, we play little game shows on the, on this spot. Uh, on this cast outdoor cartoon television show, and uh, we got a little game show it's called uh, three on Deck One in Hand. And basically what it is is there's a new rule that uh, Trip Weldon and I have initiated here for the remainder of the of the uh, elite series. and you're only allowed to have four rods and reels and four baits, okay, And it's called three on deck, one in hand. And we're gonna ask you, to tell us what those four rods and reels that you have to work with are are you ready rick uh yeah okay here we go what's the first combo rick uh
1: would be a deep diving crankbait and you sell a diving crankbait like a bill.
0: okay so the what the one rod is got a what a deep diving crankbait
1: Right, because you didn't tell me what season, so I'm just trying to cover all seasons. Yeah, you got to cover all gotta seasons, cover
0: all. and you get four rods and reels and four baits, and they're out, they're laid yeah. out on the deck. What what are the four rods and reels and the four baits?
1: Yeah, the, the you know I fish all the same rods and reels pretty much. So it's a seven and a half foot uh, heavy action. With a, uh, you know, it's a Johnny Morris uh, a wide spool that carries a lot of line. I'm going to probably have a deep diving freak on, and then I'm going to have a, a medium-sized square bill on uh, with like an RC3 or an RC4. Um, and then the next two in and ropes would be uh, be a spinnerbait, uh, probably a you know, three-quarter ounce with medium to large long drop blades. And the other one would be be probably just a jig, you know. And I've got to cover all seasons.
0: A good old jig, right there. That'll do it. And and how? And I knew the answer to this, but you won anyway, <laughs> Rick Clun. You won. Congratulations. Yes.
1: Wow. They're they're it Rick Clun. Like I guess it sounds like the Ellen the generous show where she gives away a bunch of stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. You want absolutely nothing, Rick, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that Trickster spinnerbait, it's it's um for lack of a better way to put it, that's kind of a hidden little gem. That Trickster. Um as effective as it is and I've caught zillions of fish on it. Um, it doesn't seem that it's been accepted by the masses. D- does that make any sense?
1: No, it really hadn't been. It hadn't been the It hadn't been the, the masses' stock. It's really that. They've been caught with a company that's been up and down, and in things and, things and being bought out by other people. And every time we're just about to get it rolling and get it available, if something else happens. It gets bought out. Something else, you know, and it gets put on the back burner. And that's just, it's unfortunately been a back burner bait. And uh, so it's, uh, no, it's really, I have a lot of demand for it, uh, but we've just never, I've never got in a stable time frame where we can produce enough to really uh, supply the anglers with it. But it is, the long draw blade is, is, is probably the best blade I will ever grow. And I basically chose it heard, ten made it about ten or fifteen years ago because i had a i like a willow leaf and I like the Indiana. And i said i why am I make why do I make one that's li like, a long like a willow leaf but had rounded in like an Indiana, and that's what I did and it's just been a, an incredibly effective bait. It's a big fish bait uh you, you willow leaf you can catch a lot of fish on, but they're not really known for catching big fish and I'm talking about seven plus type fish. And of course, <laughs> the classic biggest bass ever caught the Bassmaster Classic, ten something was caught on that that uh, long drop blade. We all uh, now. That's only the second biggest in the classic because uh, Preston Clark caught one off the of bed that very same day on Toho. That was uh, eleven something.
0: Definitely the biggest one on a spinnerbait. Yeah, unbelievable. I, that fish catch is classic. Too. My favorite fish catches. No, no doubt. Hey, um, Rick, I'm getting the signal here. We are just about out of time, but um, could you give me? Some advice, Rick before we before we head out, could you give me some personal life advice, please,
1: before we head out well basically uh as long as the as long as your net, uh, net the, uh hobbies are not detrimental, just don't give them up
0: nice i I, I like <laughs> it okay there there it is, and my hobby is bass fishing and being a bass fishing talk show host, so that i'm gonna, I'm gonna keep at it i'm going to keep at it, Rick. Thank you so much um, for coming on this show. I can't tell you how much we enjoyed this and, and how honored we are that you were able to come on here tonight, man. Thank you so much.
1: Well, you're welcome. Man. I enjoyed it. It was quite different.
0: No, thank, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, one last final round of applause for the one and only Rick Klun. Yes. Rick Klun, I bid you peace until we meet again. Thank you so much. Yes. There it is, right there, Rick Klun, for the first time ever oh, yeah, on straight cast awesome. outdoor cartoon television. I'm a little overwhelmed, if you can't tell, just, <laughs> just a little bit. But <laughs> but hey, there's plenty of that more. Incredible. There's plenty more show to come. So please put the power poles down. We're coming back with Jordan Lee right after these messages. Keep it locked.